main practice, which is... Main practice in the sense of this is the time that you actually need to sit down and then into a meditation and do some sort of uh, exercise in your mind while while you're sitting down. The other points, you can do them mainly uh, when you're you're not sitting on your cushion. So this is main practice is what you do on your cushion. Uh, There are certain texts that when they're... and certain notes when they are trans- when they transcribe the seven points, when they were to talk about the two bodhicittas, one uh, mentions the ultimate bodhicitta first, and the other one mentions conventional bodhicitta first. Uh, I'm I'm going to follow uh, what my teacher follows, which is following the conventional bodhicitta first. Okay. Conventional bodhicitta is basically what's the definition of bodhicitta? You remember? Um, yes, it's, it's the desire to achieve a state of complete and total enlightenment in one's main mind for, for the benefit of all um, sentient beings. Yeah. So that's the very the engaged element of it. Yeah. That's a short. <laughs> that's a short <laughs> definition of bodhicitta. Okay. One more time. Louder. <laughs> it's, it's the. Resolving to achieve complete and total enlightenment in one's main mind for the benefit of all sentient beings, and then engaging that desire. We're talking about engaged, aspirational, and engaged. Okay. So, the conventional bodhicitta has two two aspects. What is referred to as engaged and aspirational. Engaged is no, basically you're acting out of your aspiration. Uh, Aspiration is just in your mind the sentiments that you feel, okay? And then eventually you want the sentiments to uh, take you, bring you into action, okay? So that's the engaged bodhicitta. Uh, so it is an aspiration that has two goals. The first goal is to achieve enlightenment, complete and perfect, you have to say complete and perfect enlightenment, because enlightenment can, can, can sometimes be considered to be, there's a lesser enlightenment and a higher enlightenment. So complete and perfect enlightenment. Why <laughs> you want to complete and perfect enlightenment in order to benefit all sentient beings, okay? In order to bring about the welfare of all sentient beings. And the welfare is to take them out of conditions of suffering, and in addition to that, bring them the highest possible kind of happiness that, that <coughs> existence can offer, okay? So you are working towards that aim. But the main aim is not to reach enlightenment. The main aim is to bring about the welfare of all sentient beings. And you, you, you have this aspiration because you develop a way of regarding all sentient beings where their happiness and their suffering is of a sincere concern for you. And this is something that you can train your mind to develop. Okay, and that's what the conventional training does. And eventually, not only do you have this concern for them, you also want to be able to do something about it. But not just in a temporary way, but you want to be, do it, you want to be able to fulfill this in an ultimate way. And how do you fulfill this in an ultimate way? You, be, you train yourself to become enlightened. Okay? And as you're training yourself to become enlightened, you always remember, why am I doing this? 
why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? You will, in all sincerity, meet difficulties. And one of the difficulties that is the easiest to deal with, but it takes a long time to get over, is discouragement along the path. That's the easiest difficulty. And it takes the longest to get rid of. Now, there are some other difficulties that are scary. <laughs> okay? Because you will encounter things in your mind that you never thought could ever exist, especially in your mind. And they will scare the bejesus out of you. Okay? <laughs> there will be very, very scary stuff, and they will take on substantial experience right in front of you. Okay? And the only thing that will protect you is your aspiration. The only thing that will protect you is the concern that you have for all sentient beings. That will, be able, that will give you the strength and all the abilities that you need to make it through. So when you find yourself being discouraged, it means there's the, your compassion and your love for all beings is shaky. You have to go and strengthen that. And that's what all the other seven points uh, are about after this one. They're means of strengthening compassion, means of strengthening love, because the world is going to test you, especially when you have bodhicitta. Because bodhicitta is not, is not just an aspiration that you, uh, you shyly say in your mind. <laughs> it's a declaration that you make in the very core of your being. And you could say the universe will respond. The universe will respond in both ways of helping you and also, I don't like to use that word, but it's, it's better, <laughs> will test you. Okay? You really love all sentient beings? What about this guy? <laughs> <laughs> What about, okay, what about that guy? Okay, what about those people? What about those kinds of beings? Okay? And, uh, and the only thing that will help you to persevere is the strength of your compassion and love. Okay? That's why uh, the main practice is that. Okay? And you, you sit on your cushion, you go through these uh, exercises in your mind, and, and there must be actually, um, these are emotions, right? Love and compassion. So when you're developing, when you're sitting down and meditating, you must have an actual, these emotions being sensed and felt and experienced. Okay? You must immerse yourself in these emotions. And if you find yourself crying, if you find yourself laughing, and that's good. That means it's real. What's happening to you is real. If it's all intellectual, then you're not really developing this. You're not really developing the actual bodhicitta. Okay. Uh, that's why a lot of the examples that they give of, of great yogis who were uh, exceptional at these kinds of meditations, they always mention uh, periods in their, in their ex practices where they came out you know, crying. They, were, uh, not, they were, would stop. They would be non-stop crying. Now, Word of caution. <laughs> I have to give you these words of caution, just so that when you encounter them, so you know, oh, 
yeah, this is this part, this is that part, okay? So you won't be uh, overwhelmed and then have to uh, retreat. When you're meditating, when your meditation, you will understand this when you're, when you're in the experience. When your meditation is too tight, you will create anxiety. And this anxiety may manifest where you find yourself uh, uncontrollably laughing or uncontrollably uh, crying. This is not bodhicitta. That's anxiety. It's because your meditation is too tight. Okay? You're trying too hard. Okay? There, will, there must always be a sense of, of uh, evenness in the meditation. Okay? And of course, if you're too relaxed, then you will experience dullness, extreme dullness. And <laughs> it's not funny. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> where if you train yourself to become too accustomed to the, the, the dullness okay, even when you even think the word meditation you find yourself all of a sudden sleepy okay even even think of the word I'm gonna, it's time for me to practice and all of a sudden and actual, actual experiences people have you find yourself because you've been training yourself, meditation is this state of dullness. Okay. Now, if you are in that state already, then you need to bring yourself out, or you can even actually use it if you know how to use it. Okay. Because within that dullness, there's the dhammadat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so. Uh, in the in the in the con, in the conventional way of developing bodhicitta, it says first contemplate the kindness of all sentient beings, okay. and this brings us into the seven cause and effect method. And I try to and I try to summarize it. Now this is a bit, a bit difficult, especially for Westerners, because of unfortunately because of our uh, the, the social conditioning that we have here where we develop dysfunctional relationships in our families, where uh, our parents sometimes is not, uh, is not the best example for certain people uh, for love or compassion. Okay? But think of someone, and it's not just something I'm making up, it's something that uh, a lot of other uh, respected teachers also recommend. So think of someone that you already have great compassion and great love for. Or you can even think of an ideal person, okay? And think of how that person has benefited your life. And just thinking along that, along that line, how this person has benefited your life. And you sort of, sort of let, let the emotion that is connected with that line of, th- the line of thinking, let that emotion rise. Feel how you feel Allow yourself to feel how you feel towards that person until that emotion is present, palpable, okay? Then while you're holding on to this emotion, then you start to sort of spread this emotion towards others by sort of regarding others in that same way, sort of uh, making all others become equal to that one person, 
make them become that same person. Okay. Now there is different ways of doing this. If you if you find yourself um, naturally believe in past lives, then you can consider how if past lives are endless, then you can consider that you can consider. Okay, this is not this is not this is not. Uh, looking into the true nature of reality, okay? Don't look into how truthful this is, but, but rather how highly probable it is, okay? It is highly probable, okay? Not necessarily, not necessarily truthful, okay? But we're just looking for probabilities here, right? <laughs> it is highly probable since past lives are endless, you definitely have had relationships with endless beings. And among, and, and, and not just with one being, you have one relationship and another one. But with that one being, you've had endless ways of relating with that being. At least one <laughs> of those relations, that person was that kind of precious person for you, was that kind of dear person to you, okay? Where that person, the only thing that was in that person's uh, mind was your benefit. And what everything they did was you, uh, was your concern, uh, was you, uh, out of concern, out of concern for you. All you have to do is just think along those lines. Don't look to see if it is true. Okay, that's not gonna help you. <laughs> Much of my fact, you might end up developing the opposite. <laughs> All right. Just if you just think along those lines, the emotions connected with these kinds of thoughts will start to bubble up within you. All right, and then that's the purpose of it. Right, and if of course. If, just like you were doing earlier in the very beginning, if doubt starts to come in, but if I, cons if I consider every single person as precious like that, then they're going to take advantage of me. If thoughts like that comes in, then that's just another thought. <laughs> You're not thinking along the lines of how beneficial this person was for you. Okay? Just try to ignore it. But if it's pressing upon you, you say, you gotta, sorry, you got to deal with me. I'm, I'm Mr. Doubt. <laughs> I have a place in here, and I need you to pay attention to me. <laughs> then you consider that this, the outcome that you're looking for, this way of regarding others pressure with, uh, with, uh, with this strong concern, with this uh, uh, compassionate, loving concern, you're doing it because you're being skillful. Okay, that's what you have to tell it. The other mind, the mind where I have resentment, is not helpful to me. It's not beneficial to me. And even, even towards the person I am resentful towards, it's, it, it, doesn't give, do, it doesn't give them anything. It doesn't help me with them. It doesn't help them with me. So that state of mind, even if it is true, if somehow I could find out that Every single relationship I've had with this being in all those countless lifetimes were awful. <laughs> and that person was nice to me only once, maybe. Okay, <laughs> was nice to me. I'm still not quite sure. It's just that it was kind of fuzzy, that, <laughs> that uh, omniscient part. <laughs> still, all those uh, times that person was awful to me, I'm sure I wasn't loving in response, I'm sure I had exercised resentment to, to a master, 
to, 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 a, state of, uh, to, a, to a state of, of mastery. Look at me now. <laughs> Am I in a condition where to say, oh, this is exactly what I wanted? There is nothing that I, that I want anymore? Am I completely satisfied with my existence as it is? So let me try doing away with resentment for now. Let me just try it out. Even if it doesn't work, I'll find out. Okay? Let me try not developing resentment. Okay? So this, uh, you can use this kind of skillful kind of uh, thinking to sort of deal with Mr. Mr. Doubt. Okay? Yes? Should we do the, the meditation on, on equanimity first, which will sort of help with that? Yeah. There's the meditation on equanimity. I didn't want to say oh, it, sorry. but you said it. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, because it takes time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had us do it first. That's the only reason. Why yeah. It helps with this issue. Yeah. Uh, there's the there's the point zero <laughs> of the seven points. <laughs> it's not efficient. <laughs> because you're supposed to develop uh, the way to potentially deal for your mind to deal with people that you have natural resentment towards. That's going to be a difficulty for you. You'll deal with them in point zero, where you <laughs> learn, train your mind to see everyone equally, that it with equal concern. Okay. So of course there are people already in your mind that you have, you, your mind is trained to have resentment towards. There are people you don't care anything about, and there are people that you're very attached to that you would you know. As the saying goes, the uh, you would do anything for, you would kill for, right? And if, if you can sort of look at these three kinds of people, and you can see that how your, uh, is it? how your uh, attitude towards each one of them is absolutely baseless. The reason that you are willing to kill for this one is because this one did something nice for you once. And the, and, and the reason that, and you, and sometimes you see this happens. Uh, and it, it happens in both ways. I'll, I'll explain why. I mean, one person, like this happened to me <laughs> many times, unfortunately. Uh, one person does <laughs> one awful thing to you. And then you forget all the other nice things that person has ever done for you. And, and the only thing that you rehearse in your mind is, oh, that person did this awful thing to me. That person did this awful thing to me. And what naturally arises are the, uh, in terms of your attitude toward this person, you have resentment toward this person. Why? Because all the only thing that you're meditating on are the, how the bad things that the bad thing that this person did. Okay. And the reverse can happen, where someone did one nice thing to you because you value that nice thing so much, you can even forget all the awful things that they may have done to you. And you and you will you're willing to kill for that person, because you did you did the meditation, you kept thinking about that one thing that that person did to you, and then because you benefited from it, you valued it, eventually you develop an attitude of uh, you know value in that person, okay? And the people that you don't care much about, why? Because you don't think anything about them. <laughs> you, they don't go in, they don't come into your mind. You think about them in one way or another, so you end up not thinking about them having an attitude of one way or the other about them, okay? And so I guess I sort of uh, touch upon all three kinds of persons. Those that you're attached to, willing to kill for, die for, those that you don't care anything about, 
and those that you, no, you're not willing to care for, but you're willing to kill. <laughs> you, I don't care if I don't get if I go to prison. Uh, it, this person has got to go. <laughs> we have this kind of attitude until you get to prison. Oh, I wish I did. <laughs> and all these attitudes that we have towards these people, it's not because these people, you know, they they're, they're like magnet that draw. Of, you know, uh, indifference, magnet that draws hatred, magnet that draws attachment, is because of how we're thinking about them all the time. Okay, so there is this person that this person hates, and you love that person that this person hates, and this person hates them because they're thinking about all whatever bad thing that happened with them, and you love this person because of the wonderful thing that happened between you and that person. So it's it's all baseless to be to hold on to these attitudes that we have about to, uh, with people. And when you say, and you have experiences where people's best friends became worst enemies, somebody on, uh, who was uh, a stranger became, either way, <laughs> became your, your worst enemy or became your best friend, or someone who was once your enemy became your best friend. There was this guy, a bully when I was in junior high. <laughs> I guess he wanted to impress his friends that he could beat anybody he wanted. <laughs> I mean, not beat anyone, just hit anyone. So we got into this fight. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine me in the fight, but <laughs> it was junior high, okay. <laughs> uh, so one day, we ended up fighting, and then something happened, and we were both laughing, and we became best friends. <laughs> we, were all, we were worst enemies fighting with each other, and then we became best friends. Uh, and the example of uh, someone, oh yeah, I had an uncle who, uh, and this is something that uh, the certain kinds of minds, they do that. And I realized that my mind did that. Uh, I, lo I, used to, I loved drawing when I was, uh, when I, was uh, I don't know, five, six. I definitely was, yeah, around five, six. <laughs> around five, six, around that age, I used to love drawing. And what I drew didn't exist in the world. I used to draw stuff that just existed in my mind. I would draw beautiful flowers that I've never seen. Well, to me, they were beautiful flowers. <laughs> and everyone used to praise me. Everyone used to praise me. Wow, you, that's beautiful. Oh, you're just such a... And one uncle came and saw my drawing and said, this thing doesn't exist. <laughs> and that became the only thing I heard. Whatever else everybody else said, I forgot. The only thing I heard, remember, was... Your, 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 your drawing was bad. So I give up. <laughs> because that one person, right? Because my mind kept repeating, reviewing, meditating on just that. And eventually, of course, I convinced myself that I, it wasn't for me, okay? And of course, we know about that. Uh, I had a lot of friends in junior high, high school, elementary school. Most of them I don't remember anymore. <laughs> 
So they're like, uh, if I were to see them, I probably wouldn't recognize them. So they fell into that. Probably a lot of them, I remember I, had, I, was, I had a lot of friends when I was in uh, elementary school. A lot of friends. Uh, I don't know why, but they <laughs> used to follow me around. <laughs> uh, so these people who were once an enemy became a friend. So uh, uh, friend, uh, enemy became friend, friend became enemy. A uh, 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 neutral person became uh, either enemy or, or a friend. So the basis that we have them right now is arbitrary. It's baseless. And just take that into consideration. Not that your enemy, or the person who's out to get you, is not out to get you. Okay? The thing is how you refer to that person. What kind of, what do you hold in your mind in relationship to that person? Is it benefiting you? Okay? Is it benefiting you? Just, you can even think of it along that way as selfishly as, as that. Okay? When you hold that kind of resentment, when you're holding resentment in your mind, even if the object is correctly the object for resentment, is the resentment helping you? Is it benefiting you? So when you start to see how uh, arbitrary, how baseless the foundation for having these three kinds of attitudes, then you naturally start to they start to lose, they start to lose grip, you start to uh, lose their hold on you. Okay, and it doesn't mean and and of course uh, <laughs> another very funny story. Um, not now. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't mean that the benefit that you received from the person who is your friend, you should, uh, how do you say, you should uh, disregard, right? You should uh, actually, uh, in every every philosophy, every theology, every kind of uh, uh, meaningful uh, kind of tradition, uh, returning gift, what do you call it? Being gratitude is, is, is a great, a great uh, virtue. So one should always have a sense of gratitude for whatever kindness that you receive. Okay? So equating, sort of making them neutral, making them uh, the same, that is, they're all just basis that your mind is waiting for some sort of response for it to say, oh, now you're this, now you're that. When you understand it that way, then, then you stay, stay out of it. Okay? They're just basis. Be grateful to this person. <laughs> be careful with that person. <laughs> and this person can be a great friend. Okay? Be open. Okay? So be open so that you don't get deceived by the friend who stabs you in the back one day, that you miss the opportunity of a friend who, could, who the enemy could have been your friend, or the opportunity of a, a stranger who could have been helped you, great benefit. Okay? So be open. Okay? That's the mind, that's step zero. And now, when you develop step zero, it becomes easier when you're now equating everyone. Not equating, when you're making everyone equal to that one person that you cherish. So when you think about the, the person who's, who's, who's the enemy, when, you're, when, you have to, when you have to go to that person who, who was, let's say was now, is, okay? Because that person who was your enemy, when, you, when your mind has to deal with them now to develop this great attitude, 
you will not you will not have to fight your mind too much. Okay, there will not be too much resistance because you've sort of equalized everyone already. So that's the reason for step zero. So that step one can be easy to, to manage. And then it moves to, to, to what this one is saying. And then just think about the great kindness. After you've equalized everyone, just think about how great, how kind everyone is has has been to you, how kind everyone is to you. You can even think of how you could not realize anything right now if someone else, if it wasn't because of the labor of someone else. You couldn't get home without the labor of someone else. Okay? Even if you pedaled uh, on your bicycle home, somebody made that bicycle for you, somebody made that road for you. Okay? Even if you made the road, <laughs> made the bicycle. <laughs> someone else is involved. Okay, you didn't make the, the material that make the bicycle, to make the material that make the road. Okay, I can always go back, go back, go back. There's always someone, in, someone else, someone else's labor involved in everything that we benefit from. Okay, and you can think of, of the kindness of, of others that way. And then, when you get to the magic point where you actually are able to sort of, once in a while, and, and is, is the trick is to while you're holding. You think about that person that you cherish, and you feel the love and compassion that you have for them naturally, and that concern for their welfare, you want them to be happy. And while you have that emotion, you, you bring someone else in your mind while you still have that emotion. Okay? And you try to keep that emotion while that other, other person is not in the mind. Of course, it's going to fade, so we'll bring back the other one, strengthen it. Once it's strength, once it's stable, and bring back someone else, bring someone else, and you. Sometimes it says, okay, uh, deal with those that you think of, everyone in, that you already love, bring it all in, and then think, bring up those that you have uh, that doesn't really matter, right? One way or another, how you feel about them, bring them in, and then bring in those that you have, uh, uh, you know, sort of resentment, fear, fear, okay, that could be cut. And uh, <laughs> this, this is a cute one. <laughs> when I was, uh, yeah, that thing happened when I was five. <laughs> five, six. <laughs> I was very, very impressed with the life story of Jesus. And I wanted to be Jesus. <laughs> I didn't want to just follow Jesus. I wanted to be Jesus. Okay. And and I was literally, I was literally following his teachings. And that's dangerous in the Christian world. <laughs> my strict Catholic mother, my strict Catholic uh, uh, adults, they say you can't do that. <laughs> but that's what it says they're supposed to do. <laughs> One of the things that I did, which was strange, I literally made everyone my brother and sister. Everyone. And I, because I have a brother, <laughs> I have a sister, I think about how do I behave towards them, I love them, I would protect them, and I had that same reaction towards everyone. And it became uh, uh, what do you say? Hmm. Difficult? Not, not just difficult. <laughs> uh, like, my mind w went into a state where I don't know what to do. 
conflict, became uh, a point of conflict within my mind when my actual sister was fighting with someone. I saw two sisters fighting. And I couldn't jump in to protect one and beat the other one. To defend, I, I, I jumped in to defend both, to make them both stop. And that, that's a no-no. <laughs> you can't do that. So I had to give that up. <laughs> but uh, to some extent, that sort of stayed within me a little bit, right? Uh, and then I encountered uh, these teachings, and I had a problem again because since that time I was training myself not to have enemies, not to make, not to consider anyone any enemy. Even if they were hurting me, I would not go to the, the thought of contemplating of making them into an enemy. And I was supposed to do the, this meditation of the three uh, equalizing. Okay, it's supposed to take an enemy, a neutral person, and a friend, and then. <laughs> I have a problem with this. So what's the problem? I don't have an enemy to practice, so I can practice. <laughs> and then he said, well, just take up someone who made you upset once or twice. So if you're in that situation, that whole story, sorry, was <laughs> just if you happen to be in that kind of situation, <laughs> then you can just think of someone that either made you upset one day or something. That would be like the enemy kind of, okay? And, and, and uh, and in uh, logically speaking, you can you see how an enemy is, is born. An enemy is born just by thinking of an incident, and that, that's what the Dhammapada said. Uh, your mind creates your world. If you think along a certain way, that's how the world will be. Well, if you if if all you think about when you think about this person, well, how bad this person was to you, eventually, the natural outcome will be you will resent that person, and then that person will, you will consider that person an enemy, and you will think about ways you know of getting back at them and things like that, okay? All that comes from just a, a line of thinking. So, I think, and, well, after these questions. <laughs> um, when I learned this meditation, I, I always do it in the same order, but do you, when you do it, do you um, think of the person you cherish in between each one? Between each one? Between. Oh, oh, do I, do I describe it? Yeah, yeah. So you don't want you don't. It's not just an intellectual uh, practice where you consider, oh yeah, yeah, this person was. Yeah, it's because of my thought. Oh yeah, but an actual feeling. What are you feeling when that person comes to your mind? What's the true feeling? Okay. So you want to change that reaction, yeah, reactionary feeling. So the natural feeling of compassion and love comes when you think of one particular person. So. You, you think of the person to just to il, just to bring up the emotion. And then you let the person go, you just hold on to the emotion, and you try to keep the emotion while you bring someone else in mind. And at first, you will be able to hold it, and eventually, the habitual tendency of how you you consider this person will come up. It's you're, you're sort of retraining your mind. You said what, that's what Lord John mind training is about. It's reorienting, retraining the mind from its habitual ways of functioning to a new way of functioning. And the reason for doing this, you're thinking, this way is where, is where I will truly benefit myself. And here's something that comes from the Buddha about uh, what is benefit. If something is beneficial, 
it will be beneficial to yourself, it will be beneficial to other, it will be beneficial to both. So if you truly benefit yourself, you will eventually benefit someone else. If you're the only one benefited, you deluded yourself. You didn't. You had, you had no. You had no benefit. 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 Okay. What's harmful to one is harmful to self, other, and both. Yeah. So. Um, I want to go back to your analogy of everything is made by someone else. You have to care for them. And I, I drifted off into uh, even whatever health I have in this life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So would I I wouldn't want to have a neutral attitude So A the example, could they be the example of a cherished one? Yeah. So be too neutral towards your parents. Actually, Bimpoche in how solve that solve that. When he said when you talk about equanimity, he said Equanimity is not just having a neutral feeling towards everyone. It's having a, a feeling of, con, of compassion or of love. So he said equal love. So you want to have equal love. And I, sometimes I even now sort of like, uh, and way back then it was easy, but now it's <laughs> difficult. Uh, when I think of the, person, the people that I, I love, I feel like I'm obligated to love them and not equalize the love I have for them with someone else who, who, who didn't, I didn't have the kind of relationship I have with them. I feel somehow that I'm cheating them by giving someone else the same kind of love. But all that is just Mr. Doubt coming in to, to, to ruin things. Remember, this is, not about, this is not about finding the truth. This is a skillful means to get, out, to get ourselves out of this limited way of existing. We already are well-trained in separating people this way and that way, and it hasn't helped so far. So let's try this way. So taking the, the parent is the ideal example that is given in the sutras, and then you try to see everyone as that parent. Then you really think about how Jim, how Jeffrey, how Jennifer was, was once a very dear mother to you. And then you think of the Jennifer and Jim who is your present person, and you, when you see them, it's the emotion of the, of the child towards the mother, or even reverse it, if it's easier for you to think of the mother towards the child. You can even think of it that way, okay? And that's the emotion that you want to come up, because this, that emotion will be beneficial, truly, to have rather than to hold on to resentment, even if the person did something bad to you many times. <laughs> Yeah, everything's temporary. Yeah. All right. So we didn't quite get to all the steps, but you got into the you got the, the gist of it, <laughs> right? Uh, you want seven more minutes on Tonglen? Yes. Okay, sure. seven minutes on Tonglen. <laughs> So we, we sort of smashed, smashed, smashed together without telling you I was smashing together the two, the two traditions, okay? One tradition takes take the mother and then develop an attitude towards her and then just follow where that goes into, okay? And then the ultimate aim is to 
want to repay, re repay that kindness. Uh, now, the exchanging of self and other is where, uh, let me explain it in seven minutes in this way, well, no, six minutes. <laughs> uh, first, you bring up the sentiment of compassion to such a strong, brave like. Uh, measure, then where you feel the need to do something. You feel that the compassion is propelling you to do something. You might even be thinking about, I'll do this, I'll sweep the, I'll you know, clean the streets, I'll, you know, things, something like that. You feel it, it starts to affect your, your motivating factor. Okay? Then, it's based on that, then you can do the tonglen. Now, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you have some measure of it, some measure of strength, at least an aspiration for your compassion to be strong. Okay? Then you consider the object of your love, the object of your compassion, how awful it is that they are forced to experience what they are experiencing. How wonderful it would be if that condition would be, if they were, could be free of that condition. Okay? And you want to do something about it. You can't just take the condition and give it to someone else. <laughs> that would not be nice. <laughs> but that condition has, it's a, it's a, it's a result that is, uh, it's a cause that has met all this condition. Now it's ripening into a result. Okay? And you are a basis where results can manifest also. And you, you are so concerned for that other one not to experience suffering anymore. You're not thinking about your own, your own, your, your own ability to, to, uh, to suffer or your ability to, uh, to endure, okay? All your, the, only thing, the only thing that you're concerned about is this person is suffering, this person's suffering must end, okay? And since this, this is a result that is, needs, that is manifesting because all the countries are there, I will take it upon myself. And you, uh, it is recommended for you to do this with your breath. So, and I know s certain people, they can't do the meditation where become, that makes them become, develop anxiety, okay? So do it as, uh, uh, as easy and natural as possible, okay? So with that concern and that willingness, and as you take on that person's uh, suffering, you don't think about, oh, I gotta destroy this, I don't, I don't want to experience this. The only thing that you're concerned about is, ah, that person is now free of this condition, okay? And there are many ways of doing it. You can gather it in, in front of you and then take it in, or you take it in little by little. Sorry, <laughs> I should've turned my phone off. So you can take it bit by bit, and as you're taking it in, you must be convinced that you're actually taking it away from the person. And if you are afraid of the suffering that is gonna be ripening upon you, then you're doing this meditation perfectly, okay? Because it is the willingness to take it on even if you're going to suffer that, would make, that makes it compassion. 
And the more you are willing to do it, the more afraid you are, the more powerful that compassion is. And that compassion itself is the power that will actually bring about a change. Okay. So with your in, in, inhalation, you take on their suffering. Either you gather it in front of you as a ball, and take your time. You don't have to take everything all at once with one inhalation. You could take several inhalations. And one way is to allow that pain, that suffering, that condition to manifest in some form. If, it, if your imagination doesn't want to cooperate and you can't see anything, you can give it a form. Either smoke, cloud, uh, uh, one, one uh, commentary, say, like hair clips. Like, you know, when you cut your hair and then there's, especially when you shave. <laughs> well, if you've seen shaving, <laughs> men shave. You see those little hair clips? So it's like, imagine a person covered with that in their head, and you have to identify what you are imagining as to be that suffering. So if it's some sort of disease, if it's some sort of uh, social condition, if it's some sort of whatever condition that is giving the person pain, you imagine, you, you attribute what you're visualizing it, this is that pain, or this is that, that condition. It's, you don't just say, this, this is, I'm taking away the cloud from the person, okay? The pain is manifesting as a cloud, and I'm taking away the pain, okay? And you either collect it in front of you, as into a ball, or you keep taking it in, taking it into your heart. Now, when you bring it into your heart, you're, you're going to be feeding your selfish mind, okay? So you're, the mind of selfishness, the mind that thinks about only itself, you're, you're going to be feeding it this, uh, that's why it says exchanging self and other. Usually, we want others to suffer, <laughs> and we want ourselves not to suffer. And if we were to engage, if you were in a situation where there's going to be suffering, you'd rather an other have the suffering and then the self not have the suffering. So you make the self the one who has to suffer and then the other the one who has to be not suffering. Okay? So you feed our, you feed our uh, selfish mind in there. And, uh, and there's so many different visuals. You can see a, a jewel, you can see light, you can see a flame, however you want to visualize it. There are so many different ways, so many different commentaries. There's no one way of doing it. Just whatever feels natural to you. And you're supposed to see that your great compassion, the compassion that you have for that person is that jewel, that flame, right? Uh, as soon as the dark cloud or, or whatever you are visualizing the suffering to be, as they, as they come into contact, they, they, uh, the compassion annihilates, annihilates it. Okay. Uh, it's not a meditation where you're focusing on your heart center. Okay. You may develop actual physiological uh, unwanted situations if you, if you do that. Uh, bring it here into your heart which is your heart center, but <laughs> don't focus on the heart center. All right, you understand what I'm saying? Don't let it be that I'm bringing this in. Uh, don't, don't focus too much on the heart center. Don't try to feel something there. The main thing is the 
the sentiment of compassion and the willingness of taking on the pain. Okay? And then if you somehow are convinced, oh, I, I'm going to be suffering because of this, and you take it on anyway, bravo. Your, your meditation is perfect. Okay? If there's fear, if there's hesitation, that means it's real for you. Okay? And then depending on your connection with this person, your coming connection with this person, you may actually be doing something that may manifest in this life rather than in some future life that you don't know about. Okay? And that's the giving, that's the taking part. And the, and the giving is now you feel great love for this person. You think about what the person wants, what will make the person happy, and you want that person to have it. And you're willing to give that person your own happiness so that they can be happy. Okay? And you make your happiness manifest in some form. And whatever seeds of happiness you have, you can even think of, of a practice that you have done, and you have now the seeds of happiness for that. You think of uh, happiness that you have already, and you, th uh, and you give, and you'll be completely willing to be parted with that happiness, and you, you're going to be, uh, well, you'll no longer have this happiness, and now this person is going to have it. But you're not thinking about yourself. All you're thinking about is this person being happy. This person no longer uh, suffering. Okay? And when you remove all the pain, all the discomfort, and you see the person, and you're looking at this person, the person no longer has this problem, then joy comes into your heart. When this joy comes into your heart, then you know the meditation, you have reached the end of the meditation. Then you just stay with that joy. And the same thing with the, with the giving. After you've given the person your happiness, and you see this person now happy, and then because you see this person happy, now joy comes into your heart, then you stay with that joy. You no longer have to continue with the giving and taking. Okay? So that's the Tong Len, trained alternatively in giving and taking. And you do this where uh, you take your time. If it takes 10 breaths for, for your visualization to bring the whatever in front of you, let it take 10 breaths. Okay? You don't have to go. <laughs> you don't have to do that. And you don't have to ex exhale until it, it, if somehow it, it, it didn't quite reach there, yeah, you have to make yourself pass out. It's not a breathing meditation. It's not a, some sort of uh, uh, esoteric meditation on breathing, okay? Of mastering your breath. It's, the meditation is on the emotion of compassion and the willingness to take on someone else's pain because that's all that, con that concerns you, the other person's welfare, okay? And you use the breath as a natural way to make them natural for your mind. And then eventually, with practice, with when you breathe out, it's love. When you breathe in, it's, uh, it's compassion. Breathe out, it's love. Breathe in, it's, it's, it's compassion. And you do that when you're in the train, when you're in the subway, when you're walking in the street, you see someone that strikes you, and then compassion comes up. And when you breathe in, you take out the, the suffering, and you continue. You don't have to say, excuse me, wait a minute, I'm doing a meditation on you. <laughs> don't move. I'm trying to take away your pain, ESD. <laughs> okay. All right. So let it become very natural for you. Natural. Okay. Yes. Are these alternating one right after the other, or you do a series of compassion? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's all uh, 
how you feel. You can stay with the compassion for as long as you want, and then you stay with the love as long as you want. You can make it alternate. Uh, and if, again, you, if you're just focusing on the love, when you if that doesn't, <laughs> you only breathe in and don't don't breathe out at all. Okay, you breathe out, but you're not focusing on the breathing, breathing out. You're focusing on what you're supposed to be doing when you're breathing in, and when you're breathing in, you do it. Okay. Can we start with our cell phones. Yes, that's important. And especially for Westerners, even though we are told to be very selfish, but we are also very self-destructive. And ourselves is the most difficult person for us to love, truly love. We have attachment, but we don't have love for ourselves, okay? Especially Westerners. So we have to begin this practice with ourselves. And how do you begin with yourself? You can either imagine there you are, and then imagine you are, you are standing in front of yourself, and then consider yourself as another, and then consider the problems that you have. And because it's yourself, of course, the sentiments will, will be natural, will, the emotions will be there. And when you think about your aspirations, what you would like, what would make you happy, then the aspiration will be there. And then you do the tonglen for yourself for a while until joy, actual joy, comes in. When I come in the first session, it may, have, it may take a few nights for you to reach actual joy. Okay, but keep at it. Okay, until you really feel some sense of love, some sense of concern for your welfare, some sense of concern for your happiness, real happiness, real uh, concern, and then you bring others. And now that you've done it with yourself, then you know what what it's supposed to be like when you do it with someone else. Okay, the same emotions should be there. Okay. Good point. All right, then we'll cover the rest of the uh, six points <laughs> next time, okay? <laughs> this is the most important part, okay? Uh, a lot of time, people don't make progress in a particular meditation mainly because they don't master the, 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 the basis. Okay. So take as long as you, take as long as it takes to master the basis. Don't worry about, oh, it's been this long, I'm still in the basis, I'm still at the preliminaries, uh, I should be, no, uh, no, traveling the universe by now. <laughs> don't worry about that, okay? If you start to try to travel the universe now, all you can keep doing is just make yourself tired. Okay? And at the end of being tired, you'll be too tired to even do the preliminaries. <laughs> okay? You end up being nowhere. But if you do the preliminaries, you have the strength and just one leap. <laughs> there goes Mars and Venus. <laughs> the form realm, the formless realm. Look at that. That's, uh, isn't that Buddha, blue lights? Uh, Paradise over there. <laughs> okay. All right. So try to develop. Try to at least remember <laughs> next for next time. Okay. And once in a while, I'll try to uh, think about them. Okay. All right. So any assignments for next week? <laughs> Thank you.
just try it out. Okay? Not even a mindfulness exercise. Okay? Really, just bring, just bring to mind someone that you have strong emotions for. Okay? And just watch what's in your mind. Right? And if you can see why you have those kinds of emotions for that person. And then forget about the present condition of the emotions that are naturally arising, but just, just lie to yourself. But this person was once nice to me. <laughs> and just think, of it, just, think, just think those thoughts. This person was once nice to me. This person was once nice to me. And, keep, and see what naturally comes up, just thinking those, those, those thoughts. If someone, if it, I mean, it's, we experience in the world right now, right? Someone has a wrong idea about these people, and then it makes this wrong idea, makes these, make this person or these people take up actions to actually try to destroy these people, even though it's a lie. Okay? So, as when it comes to emotions, it doesn't have to be truth or a lie. It's just repeating something in your mind. Okay? That's what will determine how you will react with the person. And what happens if after repeating so much and remembering all the good things that person did mm-hmm. will bring attachment? You mean if it brings attachment? If it, brings atta- it could bring attachment. What happens if it does? Well, you come and tell me. That <laughs> 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 this person wants to... Destroy me now. I'm attached to him. Or <laughs> 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 well, I, I will tell you something. I will give you a preview. What I will say. See. <laughs> there it is. You have it right there. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That's. Uh, any other questions? No. All right. So it is said in the sutras, not just in the sutras, many other places, that any moment where you're sincerely considering even love and compassion, the merit of that moment, single moment is immeasurable. So let's just be happy about that for a few moments and then think of someone or people who could benefit from that merit and dedicate, make a dedication for them. Okay?
ultimate, <coughs> ultimate dedication. Understanding we were able to gain, express gratitude to the source of that understanding. Thank you.